When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is the day to wake, work, and win. Welcome to The Standard. Today we've got Adam Myers of Casper Fire Department. Adam is the man behind Engine Company Zero, and also involved heavily with Mission First. Adam, thanks for being here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm truly humbled. Adam, you've moved a few departments over your career. Uh, let's talk about the effect it has on the family and how you come about to make that decision. <laughs> um, man, I knew it was going to be difficult. I didn't think for a second that any of this was going to be easy. Because where I left, you know, I was an acting company officer for uh, Cunningham, acting engineer. I'd been through actually uh, Aurora's officer development, you know, all that all that good stuff, uh, and was on that track of uh, up and away from being a firefighter. And then by choice, I chose to uh, go back to being a firefighter, and I knew it was going to be hard. So when I came up to Wyoming, kind of naive, I thought, you know, most departments are very similar. And I, I was coming with a lot of experience, so they brought me straight to the line, and I basically did like on-the-job training with them to get up to speed with kind of how Casper does things. It was very interesting um, going from the structure that we had from my previous department to what I stepped into. It was hard to wrap my head around. There was a lot of systems that I had in place for me that I honestly couldn't let go of because they were they're important. Truck checks are very important, especially for me. It's my time to uh, get my head in the game, to practice things. Pretty much every morning is the same routine for me around the truck, almost to, uh, uh, not to say OCD level, maybe it's uh, a little bit different from that, but it's the same routine. And, and I look at it as reps. I get reps that I normally wouldn't get. So checking in the pack, this isn't a a shot across to anybody that just turns on the pack, makes sure everything looks good, and then puts it away. If that's how you do it, cool. For me, it's a rep or more of reps of putting my bunker gear on, putting on my pack, working on masking up, and then making sure that you know the pack is doing everything it's supposed to do. But that's what I do every morning is it's masking up drills. But uh, from going all the way around the rig, going through everything in the EMS bag, uh, turning things on, even stuff that I don't use, you know, I mean, we've got paramedics on the job. I am, I am a basic, uh, <laughs> you'll see real quick. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself the sharpest knife in the drawer. Um, I'm very basic in things and my EMS level <laughs> shows it, but like the laryngoscope, I, I make sure that that thing's lit up and, and ready to go. Am I ever going to use it? God help me. No, uh, probably not. You know, I, I will probably, everybody's going to have to be dead for me to pull that thing out and actually have to use it. 
from throwing ladders. That's part of my morning check-in. I wasn't comfortable throwing ladders. I, I thought I had a good feeling for it, but man, there's nothing like reps to make it just automatic. Now I don't even think about it. I mean, just to play devil's advocate, because I feel that some people might feel this way. But I mean, you're there for 48 hours. Why not just come in, ease into the day? Settle in. You got to settle in. Okay, make your bed, do the important stuff first, get a really thorough handoff, and then go check your stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it kind of goes into, uh, I made a, a conscious decision a, a long time ago of what would I be comfortable um, having my family know about me when I'm at work? Would I be comfortable with them knowing that I showed up and I spent the first few hours just parked in a chair, drinking coffee and not taking it serious? And I'm not comfortable with that. It's a very risky job. Everybody knows that. The thing is, is how you mitigate that risk is by being all there. 100%. When you walk through those doors, you have to be. You don't know what the next call is going to be or when it's going to drop. So you, you kind of have to bring that focus to that mentality of am I prepared and what am I doing to prepare? Because I want to go home at the end of my shift. You know, like I want to go home at the end of that fire. I don't have a death wish, but the best way to do that is to be a hundred percent focused and a hundred percent into it for the time that I'm in that building or on that rig. Now, does that happen a hundred percent of the time? No, like the humans are infallible. One of the guys I used to work with outside of the fire service was like, he always had a saying, you know, people are no damn good. And like on the surface, that sounds like a very callous statement. But if you think about it a little bit deeper, it's very intriguing because people are fallible. We're humans. Every human is fallible. Even deeper than that, like we're inherently lazy. We love the ability of, you know, all these things around us to make our lives easier because that means we don't have to work as hard. There's comfort in that. And so I want my family to know that when I walk through those doors, like I'm doing everything in my power to come home at the end of my shift, preparing so that when I punch the clock at the end of my shift, I'm coming home. And then on top of that, like when I walk out those doors, I want to be 100% for them when I get home. When I have free time, it's usually fire service related, but uh, you know, for the most part, I want to be a, I want to be focused on family at that point. Uh, the other part of that, like there's, there's a lot of parts to it, but the, the other part of it is I want the people that we serve. You know, I always hate hearing, Oh yeah. Did you guys, you know, have a good night's sleep? Yeah. Did you guys, you know, catch the, the latest football game or I want them to know we're not parked in a recliner. You'll see me outside. When I work out, I try to, I try to make it a point to be outside. We have treadmills in the, in the fire station. I'll run outside and it doesn't matter if it's a snowstorm minus 40, I'll be outside running. And it's funny because my wife will say, uh, you know, Hey, I ran into so-and-so they said they saw somebody outside of your station running. I was like, yeah, it was probably me. The nice thing is, is that my crew, uh, my engineer comes out and runs with me, which is awesome. We've kind of got that David Goggins like suffer thing going, uh, which is cool. It's a good one. So, yeah. Yeah. It seems like the brass at most departments think they need to put together this big pub ed push. I can't think of a better one than seeing firefighters 
outside their stations or out in the, the district training. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's so funny because uh, I don't know how many we'll we'll try to as a crew put together like little videos of you know of flowing water, how to hold a handline, whatever for the department. And <laughs> we've been pulled aside and stopped by people just showing up because they saw firefighters outside. They want their kids to go, you know, see the fire engine or the kids want to, you know, so they're like, hey, pull over. And dude, it's awesome. Yeah, so everyone it, has a better, everyone leaves that experience feeling better. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is, is even when I'm out there by myself, tied into a hydrant, flowing water, working on individual skills, you would not believe the power that has over the public to see, hey, there's firefighters and that's an actually fire station that's a fire station that's that's not a quickie lube you know because we got all the big garage door bays and and it's like this it's all closed up they don't know exactly what's going on in there like oh dude there's humans in there and they're doing things wow that's really cool like they're really practicing their craft that's awesome it speaks volume so then you show up to their house and and they they immediately feel that comfort of hey i saw these guys out doing stuff like these guys are good like inherently, I don't know if you've seen any of the videos I posted, but like I even did some crazy shit where I was working out with ladders, working on like high stepping with ladders and, and just like going up curbs <laughs> and really ridiculous shit. But it's all just to get comfortable with that huge lever arm attached to your shoulder, whether it's low or high. I think we do a disservice when we go out and train without adding in those realistic elements of, hey, we're just on flat ground on the back pad of the, of the fire station. And we get some kickback for some of the trainings that we do, but we are trying to add in some more realistic aspects to trainings to make us ready for when we do have to have a 24 on our shoulder and step up on a curb or a retaining wall. Uh, absolutely. And the thing is, is like a lot of it is from um, either failures that I've had on fire grounds or in trainings or even teaching where like I have fumbled something up and then I will go back and I, I mix that into whether it's a workout or, or a rig check. I will put in a good effort to recreate those events. Like the latter one came from a buddy of mine, uh, Garrett, who uh, is on CFD. He was going to the back side of this house, this Charlie side of the house, and he's got the 24-foot extension on his shoulder and, and he goes to step up uh, a retaining wall. He was like, dude, it was, it was as if I was climbing Everest, you know, it, it kind of shut him down for a second when stuff like that shuts you down. And, and even if it's just for a second, it pulls your head out of the battleground for a second and you lose that operational tempo. And so I was like, you know what? I should, uh, I should build that into some sort of training so that that doesn't stop my operational tempo on a fire ground. And so, yeah, like it was a curb and then I used, a. Uh, a tractor tire, you know, like the ones that everybody tire flips. Oh, it was, uh, it was steps up on that with the ladder on my shoulder and then, you know, stepping off coming down is, I would say harder than going up <laughs> is what I've found. Um, but both of them, you know, uh, it's, it's definitely something to work on. I like that term you use operational tempo. I think that when you're in flow state on the fire ground, I think that's when you have good operational tempo. I mean, as opposed to like if you're task saturated, that's kind of when you look around and nothing's really got done in the past minute or two and you're super overwhelmed. You know, and uh, it's funny because I laugh at myself most of the time because if, if you were to take 
a civilian and like the civilian you know knows nothing of the fire service and then they were to somehow stumble across the videos that i put out here and there of uh, the goofy shit that i do they would just be like what in the world because uh, again you know I, I was talking about teaching uh, i was in harrisburg with gary and those guys doing the diy class and uh part of it is is we we do a demo before we start running through the scenarios where the instructors show them kind of what what to expect kind of the flow of the scenarios we're doing the demo and uh i'm i'm moving it way too fast of a speed and my situational awareness is i'm nervous right it, like it, it's very nerve-wracking to stand in front of 50 of your peers who are there to glean some sort of knowledge from you and you want to have your best effort, right? Just like on a, any fire ground. And so, uh, man, I ate shit over a hose epic. You know, I was, I was deploying the hose load and, and tripped over a hose line that was on the ground and I yard sailed. I popped up. I couldn't find my helmet. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. After it was all said and done, you know, and I'm like apologizing to Gary for being the bumbling boob, you know, in this show here, uh, I went back and I was like, all right, that was very uncomfortable. And I don't want it to be that way. Like if it was the real deal and I get it, like, you know, we're just, we're out in a, a make believe land, but when the real deal hits, I want to know what to expect and I want to be able to come out of it better. So I set up for lack of better terms, a crash pad. And I have, a I call it the bag of body parts, but it's a, uh, it's three 60 or 80 pound sandbags in one bag. And I set that out to be my trip. And then I slowly started working through like how you fall when you're not expecting it and then videoed it. And I, I progressed from, you know, being in civilian or I guess my, uh, work dress clothes or station clothes to, fully bumped up uh, with the hose on my on my shoulder and just went over it and over it and over it again uh, to the point where I almost broke my clavicle in one of the falls. Like it was sore for months after that. Good, good, healthy bone bruise. But it was uh, very enlightening. And the nice thing is, is it took away that fear of falling on the fire ground and not being able to recover quickly. Yeah, the, the best, I think, performances, if you want to call it, on the fire ground are the ones that adapt to mistakes or the ever-changing conditions and they do it the quickest consistent forward motion yeah right good like, good effective problem solving yeah because it's one problem after another right yep absolutely that's been a lot of a lot of the things that i've been working on it's interesting because uh i'm trying to put together a thing for uh, a class up in pocatella that's coming up here in april with brush and uh a lot of that is is based along that lines of and it's kind of that engine zero principle of like, there's really no excuses not to go out and practice this stuff because ultimately it helps you in your ability to overcome those hiccups that are always present. You know, Murphy always has a, a vote in any scene that you come on. He's there everywhere, ready to trip you up at a moment's notice. It's how fast you can recover from those, those trip ups or those inabilities to make uh, decisions. Yeah, but uh, it, it takes the courage for you and the rest of your crew to be able to go out and fail in front of each other. And, oh yeah, and want to get better and try and find you know the chink in your own armor. Right. Yeah. How do you cultivate that within yourself and 
and your crew? Man, I go to some pretty lengthy, dark places uh, in my own mind of um, you're a lazy bastard, get out there and go do something. And so for me personally, like that's usually a good motivator. You haven't done something for a while. You're a lazy bastard. Get your ass out there. Personally, that's my motivator, (laughs) which is kind of dark. But at the same time, um, I I think I kind of need that at times, uh, that that kick in the ass. Hey, you know, get your ass out there. The nice thing is, is you go out there and, and inherently people are like, what's he doing out there? Maybe I should go out there. Right. Like that's the good side. Like maybe I should go out there and just see what's going on. And so whether it's, you know, hitting the four store or throwing ladders or flowing water or dragging a, you know, my 160 pound sack full of sand, I've got shit to work on. I definitely agree with that. At the same time though, at our station roll out with four people on our rig. How do you get those other people to buy into your program? You know, the funny thing is, is uh, when they see it work, Right. Like, so they're like, wait a second, he's making that look kind of easy. And then all it takes is them walking out. And it's like, hey, like, you want some of this? I'll be happy to stop everything that I'm doing for that, you know, however long they want to be out there. If they truly want to be out there, you know what I mean? Like, it's uh, at no point have I ever had somebody come out where I didn't stop and offer whatever I was doing to them so that they can go do it themselves. I always try to be very inviting when people come out, even if I am working on that fingertip feel stuff that I'm, I'm going towards, I will stop all of it to include them. So you're putting all this time in and, and there's no doubt that you've taken your share of criticism. That's what happens when you put yourself out there like you are. What advice do you have for those that are on a similar journey like yours that are facing criticism? You're not alone. That, that would be the, the biggest piece of advice. And that's, that's something that I've learned traveling all wherever I've traveled, either taking classes or, or helping teach. And the thing is, is that I, I run into people everywhere that are in the same boat. They want to get better. They're out there by themselves trying to get better. That dark side of it hits. And like I said, we're really good at murdering our own. And how we do it is by character assassination. It's, it's not necessarily the stuff that we're doing because a, a lot of the stuff that we're doing is, is to get better, right? So we took a class, we took nozzle forward, right? We come back and we're working, we're trying to figure out how to flow and move, you know, in, in a hip grip without, you know, getting the push from the, the heelman. And so we're out there working on that and, and somebody looks at it, they can't argue with how awesome that is. Like, holy cow, like you can do that? Like, that seems impossible. Like, if you would have told me 10 years ago, like, you could do that, I would have thought you crazy. And so they look at that and they're like, well, shit, I can't really argue it because he's doing it. But what I can do is I can shit on him for doing it. That's where the fire service really needs to, they need to get out of this negative headspace. You see somebody out on the training ground working on something, we should be applauding that. I mean, think about this, like, uh, I'm going to pose this back to you guys. You're driving down the street. And you look over and there's a kid kicking the soccer ball around, working on dribbling skills, trying to keep the ball in the air. Would you stop and be like, you're a piece of shit for doing that? The fuck do you think you're doing? That's absolutely ridiculous. No. In fact, we encourage our kids, hey, dude, you want to be good at something? You need to go out and you need to practice it. And so what do they do? They go out and practice it and we cheer them on. We love it. 
how is that any different in the fire service, a guy out on the drill grounds or out back of his station working on those things? It's not any different. It's not any at all. And, And like, dude, I've got a great quote and maybe this will sum it all up. It was pride that made angels into devils. It is humility that makes men as angels. And that's from St. Augustine. And it's it's very true. Like, uh, I think we get to the point where we think and, and we've been proven over and over again by you know, the, the years of doing it that we've got this. And then we see somebody out there working it and we're like, man, I don't know if I have this. But our pride takes over and we get into that negative headspace of, well, and, and maybe it's a fear of failure. I, I don't know. But the thing is, is we, we need to change that dialogue. That dialogue should be 180 degrees from that. It should be, look at that guy. Dude, he's out there on his own. Nice. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up what I'm doing here real quick. Or maybe I'll do that at midnight tonight. And I'm going to go out there and like, if anything, cheer him on. Nice job, dude. That's awesome. Because the thing is, is we all see things. We all perceive things a little bit different. So if I was to see you out throwing a ladder and I saw one little thing that might help you out, I would be like, hey, dude, I really like what you're doing. Have you thought of this? No, let me try it. Yeah, but, you know, because of my shoulder, you know, whatever, like it just it, it doesn't feel right and it's not really helping. OK, cool, man. Like I just wanted to throw it out there. But other than that, dude, freaking, this is sweet. Can I get a rep? And that's the thing is like, man, everybody has something to offer. I truly believe that. Like humans don't know their own potential or what they're capable of doing. And it could be as simple as just saying hi to somebody that could change that person's world, right? And and you would never know it, but if you weren't on the planet to do that, you would have never changed that person's world. That's the unknown that goes through this this world of ours and, and us as humans is we don't know how impactful our presence on the planet can really be because a lot of times we don't we don't ever see the end result of it. It, it could simply be cheering somebody on that saves them from years of just mental suffering. It seems like you're on a quest to become the, the best version of yourself in the in definitely in the fire service. And that should be everybody's quest, whether True. whether you're in the fire service or not. Like uh, everybody should always want to be, be a better version of themselves. Did you feel this way when you were at your other departments, or is there something about no. Casper that that no. drove you to this? I honestly no, I don't think I was necessarily. Uh, I don't think it was in my conscious. I think it was in my subconscious. Um, and everything that I uh, have ever done in my life, I've always wanted to be better than I was before. Uh, you know, I started out playing hockey. I wanted to go to the NHL until I realized the chances of a guy from Wyoming making it to the NHL are very slim. But yeah, I mean, in any of the jobs that I ever had, I, I always wanted to be better. I always wanted to, maybe that's part of my problem is like, I always wanted to prove my worth and never thought that uh, I could attain it. So, I, but I always wanted to try, and, but it, it really came to light uh, in some really dark times. And, and those dark times were fairly recent. There, there is a dark side to trying to be better than you were the day before. I don't know if you've heard of Michael Gervais, but he has a, a podcast called Finding Mastery. And he talks to 
these high level athletes, business people, blah, 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 that are on the path to mastery, which is a thought process of like it, of something that you can never attain. You can never attain mastery. You can always strive for it, but you'll never attain it. But like in, in his interviews, he always asks, is there a dark side? And there definitely is. There, there is a dark side to trying to be better. Like there's a lot of self doubt at times. There's a lot of negative headspace that you have to push through, um, whether it's imposed by others or just by yourself. When you talk about dark times, it reminds me of a quote that I, as I was scrolling through social media the other day, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. Where would yeah. you say you're at on that process <laughs> right now? Uh, constantly in the fight. Do you think a lot of people in the fire service that are passionate, that are trying to get better, are in that stage? Um, absolutely, because there's there's a lot of walls that pop up. Um, a lot of, well, and I won't even say walls. There's a lot of obstacles that pop up. And the thing is, is a really influential book is The Obstacle is the Way um, by Ryan Holiday. But you have to plow through those obstacles. Because on the other side of those obstacles is an experience and a learning that makes you better, right? Because we don't always have all the answers. Those obstacles pop up and make us ask hard questions of ourselves, what we're experiencing and going through, and what we actually want to achieve. And so when we get to the other side of it, we've answered those questions. But yeah, it's winning is such a an abstract thought for me because who's to judge you know winning does it make you better i think is a, is a better way to put it the the fights that you're fighting are they making you better or are they hurting you and and, and everybody around you those are some of the things i think about like is, is it are you fighting the good fight when i think of then you win i guess my own personal barometer is i feel like i'm winning when I'm able to do the right thing for the right reasons and not have to be influenced by outside, I guess, factors. So I don't yep. have to be in influenced by outside factors that should not be taken into account in the decision process, you know? So yep. I've made it a point to handle things in my life financially mm -hmm. so that when I go to work and lead, I can make decisions that don't make me feel threatened that oh, I might lose this job or I might lose this opportunity at this position because right, someone yeah. might not like me because I respond this way or I say this thing. When yep. in fact, the response and what I say is the right thing to do. Yep. You know? It's funny that you bring that up because uh, after reading Boyd's book, uh, he anybody that worked with him, he would have a conversation with him of, do you want to be somebody or do you want to do something? Because at some point, you're going to reach this decision where you have to decide, are you going to sacrifice what's right to be somebody? Or are you going to sacrifice and do something great and never be anybody? I don't have to, for lack of a better way of saying it, because I'm not that uh, well-versed or spoken, but you don't have to sell out. I don't have to sell out to make myself feel better. I think that's the win right there. That's Yeah, that is that I would I would agree that is probably the winning is is to know that about yourself. Like I am not going to sacrifice doing what's right for the benefit of being popular or being somebody or making that next promotion or whatever the case may be. Tough part to that is, you know, you're not going to have as many quote unquote friends 
I put that in quotes because there's a lot of people that when you start doing things for the right reason, they kind of disappear. And yep. so, you know, obviously they weren't true friends or true family and that's and that, okay. Yeah. And you'll find that the ones that are still in your circle are some of the best people in like you, you start to filter friends and, and the ones that like you're, you're communicating with a lot, you can have those dark conversations with about your feelings and shit like that. And I know most, most guys, we don't like to talk about our feelings, but those come to the surface every now and then. And, and those are your true friends when you can call them and you can just be honest and open with them. And there's no judgment. There's just support. Well, and those same people are the ones that will call you up and say, Hey, you just did that. And you, or you told me something that you did. And I just consider this, think about this, yeah. you know, look yeah, at exactly. it this way. They're, they're your checks and balances. Yes. It's funny. Cause I, I run a lot of things through, uh, I call it my bullshit filter and, and that's Gary, uh, my Gary's my bullshit filter because he, he's not going to sugarcoat it for me. We have that close of a relationship that he can speak honestly and openly and it's not going to jeopardize our friendship either way. You know what I mean? Like it's very honest. Talk about engine company zero and the guys that are with you on that journey. It's the guys that are tired of the bullshit. They want to go out. They want to learn new things. They want to try new things. They want to fail at things. They're not afraid to go look the fool for a bit as they as they work through things. And, and they're not alone. And, and it is a grassroots movement. And the fact of I'm not like everything that I hand out that has engine zero on is out of my own pocket. And, and I made it a point when I uh, initially kind of started uh, pushing it out there was Anybody can make their own Engine Zero logo. They can make their own shirts. They can do whatever the hell they want with it. It's for us, by us. The thing is, is don't make a profit off of it. I don't see the need to make a profit off of anything that is there to be uplifting and, and to help push good firemanship across the country, if that makes sense. And so I didn't want it just to be, a, a, you know, like, Sticker, 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 sticker. Yeah. You know, like it, that's, that's not what I wanted. What I wanted was this is a call sign. Like when you see that, there is a hard pipe hitting motherfucker around here somewhere. And I want to go work with them. That's kind of how I looked at it. So many people have made such cool logos that like, you know, kind of build that esprit de corps. They can wear it with pride. Like, yeah, man, there's no excuses here. If I'm wearing it, you know, I'm holding myself accountable to it. So where can we find content for Engine Company Zero? So, man, I don't like Twitter very much, so I, I'm, I'm not really on Twitter anymore. I'm too negative. I'm on Facebook. I believe it's just Adam Mayers, M-A-I-E-R-S. And so, like, I'll post a lot of videos there, especially recently, because uh, I used to post them to YouTube, so there's a lot of older videos on YouTube. The problem with YouTube is, is they censor all the music that I put to them, because honestly, like, if I'm watching a, a video and there's nothing but background noise in it. It's kind of distracting. So I always try to put music to it. So it's at least somewhat entertaining because a lot of it is just me practicing, which can kind of be boring. But again, it, it, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, I also have an Instagram account which, where I post, uh, I'm really into photos. I'll uh, kind of post a bunch of photos or uh, photos with quotes type of deal. Well, thanks again, Adam. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys. It has been an, an absolute blast. Thank you very much.